God blesses me to bring me to a church like yours that are just absolutely ready for what God wants to do. How many of you can say, I'm ready for whatever God wants to do? Let me see your hands real high. Yeah, go ahead. And, you know, sometimes I go to churches where I say, my Lord, what am I doing here? You know, but I'm so happy to be with you here today. And uh, while we know that things are kind of funny in the atmosphere of our nation, everybody say it's funny. It's really not funny, but it's kind of funny. You know, how that we as a godly nation can allow ourselves to be so confused, to be so confused, it's just unreal. But it's not going to stay that way. Come on, say it. It's not going to stay that way. Go ahead, give God a praise offering. It's not going to stay that way. There's a new fresh call for prayer as I go around the nation. Yes, there's prayer. I mean, there's situations that are dire, but then there's situations that people are just drawing closer to God, and you're one of those. And I'm so happy. I think I start a rumor against your pastors and then become your pastor myself. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all love Pastor Stormy and Shelley, don't you? This morning, God is going to do some phenomenal things, and God is going to heal those that need healing in this service. Come on, can I hear an amen? You'll see it. I mean, you'll see it. Glory to God. And, and you know, the reason why I know that is because he's God. Come on, can I hear a better amen than that? He's God, and he's almighty God. And whenever we come in his presence, the supernatural is always there. Only reason why we don't get it right oftentimes is because uh, we become religious. That's your biggest problem. I mean, honestly, that's the biggest thing you have to fight against is the temptation to be religious. Isn't it nauseating? You know, when you feel like, you know, you go through the motions or you look at somebody and you can just tell... You know, they, it's not really there. We don't have to fake nothing. Say it. We don't have to fake nothing. It's too real. I mean, we don't have to fake anything. It's too real. It's so good to see you. Say it. It's too real. Say it again. It's too real. We don't have to fake anything. And then we don't have to withdraw because somebody else was faking it. When we come to God, it's going to happen. Amen. Look at all these young people here. I mean, look at this. You know, it's just unreal. I mean, just. How many, how many are under 30? Let me see your hands. Under 30 in this church. Wow. <laughs> how many of you are over 30? Never mind. Praise God. I want, to, uh, I want to minister to you out of Hebrews chapter 4, and then I'm going to uh, try and end it in Luke 24. But let's start in Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm not going to try and not preach longer than what it takes. 
Hallelujah. Put your hand in your heart and ask God to speak to you this morning. Will you do that? Come, go ahead. Just pray out loud. Just ask God, Lord, please just speak to me. You know, not just the words of the preacher, but God, words from you, Lord, something that will affect my destiny, something that will change my thinking pattern. God, uh, do something, Lord, even if it's not something that the preacher said, if it's just something that just came from you in the spirit realm, Lord, don't let me miss it. Come on, just say, don't let me miss it. In the name of Jesus, change our hearts. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm going to go a a little quicker than than normal, so you're going to just stay with me. Paul is using this admonishment to the people of his time, and he's using a reflection on what happened in the people of the old days, in the Old Testament. So he's talking to them like I'm going to talk to you today when he says to them, let us therefore. Now you understand, later on he's going to talk about how the people in the wilderness failed to accept what God was saying. So now he's saying to them, like I'm saying to you, let us therefore fear, lest a promise left to us of entering his rest. You remember I used this scripture reading when I was here last time. I want to just go in another direction this morning. He says, let us therefore fear. That word fear is actually better translated as saying it like this. Let us therefore develop sleepless nights. That's sort of concern. When you're so concerned, how many of you have ever been so concerned that sleep wouldn't come to you? Let me see your hands. You're concerned about something and you wake up, you sleep maybe for an hour or two and then you wake up and you're wide awake. And now you just lay there and you think about, worry about or whatever. That's the kind of thing Paul is talking about here. He says, don't allow yourself any false rest. Anything to distract you from what really matters. The problem is, is that we focus on things that really don't matter and we ignore the things that really matters. And he says, let us therefore fear lest a promise left to us of entering God's rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. And then now he reflects on the next verse. He's talking about, uh, for uh, verse 2, he says, For unto us is the gospel preached as well as unto them. He's talking to the wilderness people. Uh, who it did not profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. Saying what they heard, they heard it. Bring me down just a little bit. They heard it, but they did not mix what they heard with faith. Because you understand, when you don't mix with faith what you hear, nothing is going to happen. Because you understand, what we need to do is, we need to come into the place where you now come in contact with heaven and entering God's rest. Now, the problem is I go around, uh, especially here in this nation, I find out that people have a truly wrong idea about, you know, God and the way God does things and even with their own prayers. 
You hear it all the time when people come to you, pray for my grandmother, pray for my uncle, my aunt, and so on. Hey, listen, your prayer is as powerful as mine if you mix it with faith. And if you can only know, here's the thing, if you really know what God did and what he has already accomplished, you will no longer have any fear. That's why Jesus asked the people in the boat, you remember, when the storm came up, and they came and asked him, don't you care that we perish? And then Jesus asked them, you know, how come you have no faith? Or why is it that you fear? Because if you really knew, I mean, if you really knew that he's in your boat, come on, help me. I mean, if you know that he's in your boat, then the obvious question is, how come you're afraid? And how come you have no faith? Amen? I mean, you really, you know he's in your boat. Now, I mean, if you don't know he's in your boat, then you should be afraid. Because you're going to die, you turkey. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that can kill us in these days, right? Amen? Look at somebody right now next to them and say, since you know God is in your boat, look, yeah, talk to them. Stop acting so pitiful. <laughs> now, if you know that it's God that's in your boat, say, it's God that's in my boat. Now, you know, if it's just some legend or some fantasy or some doctrine, not going to help you at all. If you know it's God that's in your boat, if you know that you've stepped into the area where God is, then there should be no fear. Come on, help me out. That's why he says, be afraid, lest a promise is left to you and I of entering into his rest, and you don't. You've got to go where God is. When you go where God is, then Psalms 23 automatically kicks in. The Lord. Say, the Lord. Lord. Say it again. You know, just, and when you say it, think of creation. Say, the Lord, the Lord. is my shepherd. <laughs> you know, I mean... The creator of heaven and earth is my shepherd. And so he's talking about, about you know, uh, those that didn't mix it with faith. And then he goes in, ver- in the next verse, and he says, verse, verse 3, For we which have believed, we do enter into his rest. So if you, if you believe, if you have faith, not just, you know... Uh, you tell people, God just touched you, and they'll go, yeah, I believe it. What they're really saying is, I don't believe it. See, there's a big difference between just, you know, saying, I believe it, and knowing it. See, you don't, you don't have to just believe it. There's a big difference when you know it. See, if you, if you know he's done something for you, if I say, you you know, there's a million dollars, uh, you know, some big thing came through for you and, and here's the deposit slip. 
you don't look at it and say, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you say, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Because you saw it and you know it. It's got your bank account on there, your name on there. It's in my bank account. Come on, give God a praise offering. Now, here's the thing. I hope you guys can see. Here's, here's the way man looks at things. Man has a beginning, and then he has an end. Look at somebody next to you say, you have an end coming up. <laughs> it's appointed unto man wants to die. And we have only one direction to go, and that's this direction. Okay, so everything that happens with us, it has all sorts of chapters going on in here, birthdays, anniversaries, big days, small days, and so on. And you live towards that end, and we call this type of living hope. You live with hope. And what is going to happen? But that's just man's ways. See, now when you come into the economy of God, then it happens totally different. You see, with God, there's no beginning and there's no end. With God, everything is on a wheel and it is infinity. Say it's infinity. See, with God, everything that's on the wheel is complete. There's no beginning and there's no end. He knows the end from the beginning, yes? And everything that has been done, he puts on the wheel. We'll talk more about that tomorrow night. So when he puts it on the wheel, that's it. It's complete. It's done. Say, it's done. So whatever God knew in his foreknowledge that needed to be done until the end of time, it's all inside infinity. It's done. Say it. It's done. Say, look at the person next to you. Say, everything you need has already been done. He doesn't first have to respond to our suggestions. It's already done. So all you have to do is step from this living into that living. See, over here, it's done. Over there, it still has to happen. See, that's, ha- that's our lives. It still has to happen. You don't have tomorrow. You only have today. You know, it's, it's all going towards the next and the next and the next. Over here, it's already done. So what, what, what happens is, is when you get to that place where you understand that whatever needed to be done was complete and then God rested. Say it, God rested. God doesn't work no more, as it were. You understand? He still does things in perpetuality, but he's sitting, and Christ, when he was done on the earth, went and sat on the right hand of the Father, and Paul is now inviting you and I to go and sit with him in heavenly places. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Now, to explain to you, you understand, this thing here uh, changes with this word that we use in the English language. I write in tongues, so you have to translate. Can you read that? 
manifest. It has something has to manifest. Means it's there, it just has to appear. Come on, say it. It's there, but it has to appear. And that example is found in Genesis 2. Go there quickly. Go there, if you don't mind. Genesis chapter 2. And let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 says, look, these are the generations. Say that word, generations. See, generations, what is generation? It is actually a wheel from one generation to another generation. See, it's deja vu. What happened will happen again. Say it. What happened will happen again. See, it's like this. And we'll talk about that tomorrow night. When you have 12 o'clock, everybody say 12. And we're looking at the clock. What's next? Three. And then? Okay, so now let's, let's go. Say the top one loud. No. Loud. Now, this, these are not loud. Three. So it's got to go like this. Twelve. Three, six, nine. Twelve. I want you to do that. You understand? You, you hear what is happening? Say it's happening again. See, it's like that with, if, if this is summer, say summer, fall, can you see, can you, can you feel it? It's happening again. Say it's happening again. See, because once you're on the wheel, you don't have to worry. It doesn't matter where you are on the wheel. Just stay on the wheel. It's going to happen again. Come on, give God a praise offering. Just don't get off of the wheel. Sometimes it makes you sick because it spins kind of fast sometimes, you know. And uh, so that's the way. Let's do it with, with, with uh, something else. Let's go north, east. Do you hear it? So it doesn't matter where you are on the wheel. Just stay on the wheel. Say, stay on the wheel. See, if, if you want to know how God works, you have to learn how to perceive the wheel. Everything God does, he does on the wheel. God never does anything on the straight line. Everything he ever made is round. The sun, the stars, the orbits... The galaxies. The earth is made on a circle. Don't say anything, but look, look to the person next to you and just look at their heads. <laughs> Everything he made, is, he makes round. And so Je- Jeremiah once asked God, you know, how, can I know your, how you work? And God said, you want to know how I work? Go down to the potter's house. So he said, I go down to the potter's house. That's chapter 18. I go to the potter's house, and there he was working on a wheel. You have to know how to perceive the wheel. 
So now, Genesis 2. Here's the generations of the heavens and the earth, and the day that God made the... Come on, read it with me. God made the earth and the heaven, and then the next verse starts with what word? And... Verse 5, say, does it start with and? Yes. So what does that mean? You have to understand. He made the, look at this. He made the earth and the heavens and and, and then it goes on and then it goes and. Have you ever heard President Obama speak? And. I'm kidding. That was just a little joke. So, so he said he made the earth. And, and, say, and the heavens, a little louder, and what else did he make? Look at verse 5. What did he make? No, you're not reading all of it. I want you to read the revelation. See, sometimes we miss the revelation because we say, oh, well, you know, I've read Genesis 1 a million times over. Okay, well, read verse 5 again. And he made every plant before it was on the earth. You understand? He made it before it was. Come on, say it. He made it before it was. And then look at the next verse. And then, I mean, the next part of that verse. And he made every herb of the field before what? Before it grew. He made it before it grew. He made it before it was on the earth. He made it before it grew. You know, the fact that it wasn't seen, it didn't matter. You know, all that was necessary, it should still manifest. But it's going to manifest at the right time. But the fact that you didn't see it didn't matter. He made it before it was. And he made it before it grew. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Now, why has it not grown yet? What does that verse say, verse 5? Because it had not yet rained. Now, why has it not rained? Because there was no man to till the ground. So here's the principle of faith. Let's look at this. See, let's look at it God's way, even though God is on the wheel. But let's just look at things now God's way. You see, uh, what happens is we're waiting for the plant. Say, we're waiting for the plant or the herb. So, okay. The fact is, the herb is here or the plant is here. And whether you see it or not, it doesn't matter. You understand? As you look in this direction and you don't see this yet, it does not matter because you know, because you've entered into God's rest, you know it's already there. Come on, can I hear an amen? It's already there. So now all that is wait, God is waiting for, and this is how faith works. God is just waiting for man to show up. And, you know, it's always hard to draw a pastor what he looks like. But I'll draw past this stormy. So, what God is waiting for is for man to show up. Come on, what happens when man shows up? What's the next thing that's going to happen? 
So it's going to rain. As soon as man shows up, the next thing that's going to happen is it's going to rain. And then what is going to happen then? Then that which already was is now going to manifest. Come on, give God a praise offering. Oh, you can do better than that. Give the Lord a praise offering. Now you understand what is happening. That's, that's the whole concept of faith. See, faith doesn't first have to see. Because we've stepped into God's rest, that means it's already done. All I have to do is show up to cash in. Say, here, Lord, here I am. I'm showing up. And I know that that which you've already made is now going to manifest. And whatever it takes, the rain or whatever it takes, it's now going to happen. Come and give God a praise offering. Wow. Just another quick example. You know, the Bible, Paul speaks of the things that happened in the Old Testament. They were actually shadows of what? Of things to come. What does that mean? They were shadows of things to come. I want you, I want you to sh- see something here. Don't look at me now. Look at the shadow. See? When you see the shadow. Can you see my shadow? Emily, you can see my shadow. Now, if you don't look at me, but you see my shadow, what does that mean? Say it. Yeah, that means I'm there. You see my shadow, but you don't see me. That means I'm there. And the things that happened in the Old Testament, and they were shadows of things still to come, That means that when those shadows were cast in the Old Testament, Christ was already there. Come on, give God a praise offering. Oh, come on, somebody. Give him a praise offering. Glory to God. (laughs) You know, that's entering into his rest. It does not matter what you see here and what you don't see here right now. Because we believe, we enter into his rest. Come on, give God a praise offering. If you have a spiritual language, go ahead, raise your hands and speak in tongues right now. Plant it. Seal that revelation in your spirit. Raise your hands and speak in tongues. Go ahead and just do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. Ask God. Say, seal it in my heart, Lord. Because you understand, from that moment on, you don't have any fear. A couple of months ago in March, I had to go and buy a piece of property in Kenya for an orphanage we're building there. And we didn't plan for it. We didn't budget for it. But a bear joined bid against us. And, the, and the, uh, the, uh, the seller of the property said, okay, we can give you two weeks. And I came back, I told my wife, honey, I just bought a piece of property. She said, but we don't have the money to pay for it. Yeah, I know. But God does. Somebody said, God does. Pastor was just telling me a testimony this morning. And, you know, it's always great to hear testimonies of, you know, how God did it. Doesn't matter how he does it, he does it. Come on, can I hear an amen? So he does it. 
I had a man one time. Well, let me finish this story. So I, so I, I uh, come home. My wife said, well, where are we going to get the money? God. That, that silenced her right away. <laughs> you know, how can you argue against that? Two weeks later, less than two weeks later, we paid the property in cash. Come on, give God a praise offering. Come on, say it. God? Wow. Say it again. God? My Lord. Raise your hands and say, God? My Lord. You understand? That's who we are. We had, you know, in the beginning of our ministry, we had this, I mean, we were really struggling. 36 months, uh, only uh, of the t- uh, 36 months, 27 months, we never received a, a little bit of money. I mean, we were really, really going through it, but never struggled for food. God always provided food. And then I went to a, a fellow evangelist uh, house and found out they had less than us. I opened up their fridge and there was one piece of pork fat in there. That's all. They had no coffee, no tea. I went home, opened my fridge, and we had a small rack of lamb's ribs, lamb ribs, and a box of fish sticks. I, I told my wife what's going on with the neighbor. Well, he wasn't the neighbor. It was just a few blocks down. And then I asked her, I said, which of those two do you like the most? And in a threatening way, she said, the lamb ribs. (laughs) I said, well, then let's give that to them. So I went uh, to that uh, preacher's house, and I slipped in the back. And up until today, he doesn't know that we'd done it. I went in there and took out the pork fat and replaced it with ribs. (laughs) I think up until today, they have a testimony, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So what? If God wouldn't want to use me to perform his mighty deeds, or he wants to use you to perform his mighty deeds in my life, it's still the work of God. Come on, give God a praise offering. <laughs> Glory to God. So if he was there in the Old Testament, he's here. See, now that's the thing you've got to know. When I pray here this, with you this morning, you have to understand that God has always been there. That's infinity. You are, and I hope you are, on the wheel. See, you're either on the potter's wheel or you're in the potter's field. Potter's field is where the rejects end up. I don't know about you, but I'd rather want to be on the potter's wheel. Come on, can I hear an amen? (laughs) Now, Luke 24. Go there quickly. I'm almost done. Luke 24. Now, you know the whole story. That's the story of the men on the way to Emmaus. Uh, if you know the story, say I. Okay, so half of you didn't. If you don't know the story, say nay. Okay. Uh, here, here's the story. Just in a nutshell. Let me just get my translation here. Uh, the, the, Jesus had told his disciples, 
I'm going to, you know, lay my life down. So he warned them what was going to happen at Calvary so that when it happened, they were not supposed to be caught off guard. But they all were. After the crucifixion, they were gathered together mourning. Some of them, these two men on the way to Emmaus, they turned back to Emmaus, going back on their ways. You know, all sorts of stuff had happened. Go read Mark 16 and find out that not one of them ever believed that he was going to be resurrected. See, some things you can accept in Bible school. Some things you have to receive through revelation. And, you know, these things, when it's supernatural, it has to be God by revelation. Now, after the crucifixion, these two men are on their way to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile journey. And so now, as they go and they talk, they have all sorts of negative stuff that they're talking about. And so, Bible says, and verse 15, pick it up there. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they couldn't see him. That's one of the big problems, you understand, is that when you get in a storm, unless you have a revelation, say the word revelation. You understand? I know what I'm talking about. I've come through death. I fell and I died. I mean, I fell four stories and I was dead. And when, I, when God re- resurrected me from the dead, I was resurrected with 42 broken bones in my body. And God decided not to heal me. If you look at my arms today, you can see that God really has a sense of humor. <laughs> Amen? But he healed me. But it took a long, long while. And I had to discover for myself, it's not good enough to just know it by what I read in the Bible, but you've got to get to a place where your eyes open up. And only after six years did God heal my arms. So what you have to do is you have to ask God, please, Lord, take the scales from my eyes. See, because here's the problem. As we become so addicted to the visible. Yes? That means we believe everything we can see. But Paul says that the visible is temporal. That's 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. That the visible is temporal, but the invisible is eternal. See, you have to learn that there's stuff going on around us that you need to train your spirit man to pick up. Yes? Look at this. Just let me give you an example. Just look around in the building. Go ahead. Look around, but don't look at something visible. Try and see something invisible because it's here. I, you know, I'm telling you right now, it's here. Just look around. See if you can pick it up. Or no? Okay, try and do it this way. Uh, try and hear something in, in the invisible realm. Go ahead. Just try. No? Okay. See here. She has a phone like many of you do. And if you used it the right way, you could actually tune in right now and find out that through this house, there's all sorts of waves coming through. Radio waves, TV waves. People are sending faxes right now. People are sending, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. You can actually, through that, you know that, you can connect with Russia. You can connect with the moon right now. There was somebody sending 
stuff through here. But you've got to have the right instrument. Yes? And that's what it is with a, with a spirit realm. See, as you look around here right now, people think that heaven is up there. No, heaven is right around us. It's right around us here right now. But you cannot see it unless you desire. You've got to say, God, please, take the scales from my eyes. My eyes are holding. I cannot see it. Jesus walks with them, right there, with them. And their eyes are withholding. They cannot see it. The Bible says Jesus himself. Say Jesus himself. It was not a disguise. It was Jesus himself, and yet they didn't see him. Because you understand, when you go into a storm, you can easily miss God. That's what happened when those disciples were in the storm in John 6. Jesus walks up to them in the storm. They don't recognize him. Because you're in a storm. And so you fail God. You miss God because you're in a storm. And so what happens is Jesus starts talking to them, and he's, he's saying to them, what are these things that you're talking about? And you're so sad. And uh, that's in verse 19. And then they said, you know, are you the only stranger that don't know what's happened, What's just happened here? And, and what you know, Jesus said, what things? I mean, if there's anybody that knows what happened, it's him. And then he goes on and he says in verse 25, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And then verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So everything that happened in the Old Testament, these were shadows of him being there. He didn't just show up at Calvary 2,000 years ago. He was slain when? How many years ago was he slain? Crucified. How many years ago was he crucified? No, think a little deeper. You know the answer. There you go. He was slain before the foundation of the world. And 2,000 years ago, it only manifested. But it's already happened before, before everything God already had every plan in place. Even Calvary. Come on, give God a praise offering. And now he's talking to them and he says, Whoa, he says, you fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And then beginning at Moses, beginning at Moses, we only have time to just go to Moses quickly. You know, because I want to pray for you. So he goes, he takes them to Moses. Let me show you one of the examples of what I'm talking about. So he starts at Moses. And I want to just pick one of those moments where Moses comes disgruntled and discouraged to God. I mean, they had just come through this golden calf, horrible thing. And then he comes back up the mountain and he says, Lord, please, please, please let me see your face. You know, he's just come through a horrible experience on a Monday morning in church. So many people I have to counsel. God, please show me your face. God said, you want to see my face? You cannot handle it, Moses. You cannot even handle the golden calf thing. You want to see my face? No, you cannot see my face and live, Moses. I'll tell you what I want to do. Just for you. I'm going to have you stand on that rock because I'm going to show you some stuff. But before I can show it to you, 
you've got to stand on the rock. <laughs> you see, beginning at Moses. See, these things were shadows of things to come. You mean even the rock? Yeah, especially the rock. Moses, before I can deal anything with you, you've got to first solidly stand on the rock. And understand, you cannot receive anything from God unless you're rooted in Christ Jesus. Come on, give him a hand clip of praise. And so he says, now stand on the rock. Now, Moses, I don't want you to get distracted. I want you to understand I can only show you a few things. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my hand over your eyes as I pass by you with all my goodness. Not the glory. Goodness. I don't want you to get distracted, Moses, because I want to show you something that really you need to understand so that you can move forward from this time on. Before you can move on, you've got to go back first, Moses. So I'm going to close your eyes. You will not see any of my goodness. That's going to distract you. And when I've done pass by with all my goodness, I'm going to draw my hand away and I'll show you my hinder part of my glory. So I'm going to take you back, Moses, like nobody has ever been. Because you're standing in Christ, I'm going to show you the beginning of beginnings. And I'm going to have you go back now. I've done pass by with all my goodness. Now, let's go back to the hinder part, the very rear end of where it all happened. And I'm going to take you back. I'm taking you back to Noah. I'm taking you back to Enoch. I'm going to take you back all the way to Adam. I'm going to take you further back than that, Moses. I'm going to take you back to the pre-Adamite world. I'm going to take you back before that. I'm going to take you back to where Lucifer fell. And I'm going to take you further back than that. You have to understand what this is all about. I'm going to show you when they were first created. And then I'm going to take you back further. The very hind part. I'm going to take you back to where there was not even an angel created yet until there's a time when there was nothing created in this heavenly realm of yours. Take you back to where there was only me, the one you're standing upon. I was there in the beginning. In the very beginning. And I will be there until the ends of the earth. Come on, give God a praise offering. Now, there's two things that will keep you from seeing him. Number one is doctrine. Amazing how doctrine will blind people. You, you come among religious people and the Baptists don't want to mess, mess with the Pentecostals and, and we can go through the whole list. Doctrine will blind you because you believe something, you know, that's why you see in the prayer line some people don't receive a touch because, you know, there's some things in them that kind of stops them from receiving, you know. I've always thought some of these are fakes and flakes and so I'm not going to go, well, you know, then you're going to miss God. The second thing that's going to stop you from seeing him is pain. Pain. These two men went through enormous emotional pain at Calvary, and I don't have time to go into that. Pain will do that to you. 
people sitting in this house this morning. You have no idea about their stories. There's ladies sitting here that's been raped. And they're hiding and carrying a lot of shame, guilt. People here that's been abused by their own family members. There's some here, some men here, you have, you'll be amazed what their stories are. And because you carry all that stuff with you, now you fail to see God. Paul says you have to you have to understand we have to lay down all those things that so easily beset us. Lay them down. When we come to God, I decide, well, you know, I'm sorry all those things happened, and I'm sorry that you were raped, and I'm sorry that you were abused. I really am. But you understand, pain is inevitable. Suffering is choice. And so if you, you have to decide it stops today. Say it stops today. Because only then can you see the plan of God. And I close with this. You know when the eyes were opened? You need to go home and read the whole account here in Luke 24. When they asked him, will you come in to the inn with us? And then they said, they sat down and Jesus took the bread and the fish. And then say, put your fingers up like that, say, he took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it. Let's try it again. Say, he took it, blessed it, broke it, and then he gave it. Let's try one more time. And then their eyes were opened. Because all of a sudden, they recognized this is God. This is Him. Because isn't that the way He's always done it? Isn't that the way He did it at the Last Supper? When He, louder, louder, He took it. Oh, and they said, wow, isn't that the way He did with the bread and the fishes when He went to the little boy and He And their eyes were opened. And then they realized, as they go back into the prophets of old in every way, that's the way he's always done it. When he, took, when he went to Moses, he, he took him out of the basket. And then he, he blessed him. I mean, he rode with the Pharaoh in his chariot. He was the second in charge. Then God took him in the backside of the desert. And, he, and then when he was broken, God gave him. You understand? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't that what God did with Joseph when God, among all his brothers, he, he took him, took Joseph. And then he, I mean, he became the favorite of his father. And then God broke him, took him into the dungeon. I mean, really broke him. And then he gave him. Come on. Do you know that God, whatever has been happening in your lives, God is fixing to take Lubbock to another level. And you've got to understand the ways of God. Come on, give God a praise offering. We can talk about David. We can talk about all of them. That's the ways of God. Come on, give God another praise offering. Somebody stand on your feet and give the Lord a standing ovation. Glory to God. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on, just give the Lord a clap offering.
Come on, just give him a great, a great trap offering. My goodness. Wow. Wow. You have to understand, God's ways are always the same. And no matter what happens in your life, God has an eternal plan for your life. And sometimes the breaking experience before God can give you, that's a painful experience. But if you know the ways of God and stop your foolish thinking, you'll find out that He's the same yesterday, 